1: Welcome to Hub City Homers. This is episode number 37. It is just Jack and I, me, I'm making finally back. Uh, Had a pretty busy work week and wasn't able to get in the last episode. Jack and Kendall have been holding it down on their own, though. We hope to get Reed back soon. He's, as always, notoriously MIA. Uh, He's recently moved and taken a new job, so we're hoping to get him back soon this offseason, heading into football season. But we're going to start tonight just with one real quick. um, Obviously, the news as of the recording today is regarding the shooting just outside of San Antonio and Uvalde. I don't really, I was thinking about how to to handle this, because we're not, we don't talk about politics. That's like a a Viva the Matadors policy. We want you guys to engage with this, the sporting world as is. Um, And we want that to be a place everybody can come together and and embrace it. But it does need to be said just briefly that on behalf of myself, the Hub City Homer group, the four of us, the larger Viva the Matadors staff, and everyone in Sports Blog Nation, thoughts and prayers are with those Affected by the tragedy, um, I, I can't imagine what that moment was like. Uh, so we're that, on, on that more serious note is how we're going to start tonight. But I promise, if you stick with us, we're we're, we're going to have a great show for you guys. But I, I, I didn't feel right doing this without without saying something. Um, this being our home state, our backyard. So you know, the, the 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 tragedy aside, hopefully this can you know for an hour, or forty five minutes, however long the show is, you guys can think about something other than the, the horrific news and try to relax. So that, that's what we're here for. Um, so we're going to have our show as you normally would expect it, two major topics, first being the world of golf and a lot of Texas Tech golf news as of late, both amateur and professional. Um, then we're going to head over to baseball where the Oklahoma series did not go as planned and heading into the Big 12 tournament play. So relax, sit back, and enjoy the show. We're going to start with golf, though. Like I said, we'll look at first the big news on the amateur front. Texas Tech will be the number 8 national national seed and be playing this Friday in Scottsdale. I don't believe the early rounds of the NCAA tournament are broadcasted. I think that's been a complaint for a few years that ESPN doesn't broadcast to the late rounds. I, I, I'm not 100% certain. I remember having a hard time uh, in previous years finding this, but if you are not able to listen or watch for the reasons I just stated. Texas Tech Golf Twitter does periodically release updates, so please follow along there. There's also a live updating scorecard for the NCAA events. Keep an eye on that as well. Um, the regional being in Scottsdale should be a great time for everybody. Hopefully the guys can have a strong showing. Like I said, they're the number eight national seed, so pretty high expectations going into the tournament. Even higher, though, for one individual from Texas Tech, the the mad sweet himself, Lou, and I apologize for the name, but I believe it's pronounced Ludwig Aberg has won the Bing Hogan Award. That's the equivalent of effectively the Heisman in golf. Um, I I he's been I you know just dominant. I I I don't know how else to describe what he's done. He's been absolutely phenomenal, and I suspect, though do not know, we will see him on the professional scene very soon. Speaking of the professional scene, Jack, you were actually at the PGA Championship. What did you see? Well,
0: first off, uh, it's a great experience. I I was very lucky. Uh, My girlfriend's dad is a PGA pro, and we happened to come into tickets. I live in Dallas, about four hours uh, south of Tulsa, which is where the uh, PGA championship was this year. And so uh, Friday morning, we got a call saying that we had some tickets waiting for us. So we hopped in the car and drove up, and we... Uh, got to watch fr- uh, Saturday and Sunday of the PGA championship. Uh, my first golf major to go to uh, my third PGA event uh, to go to and watch. Uh, it's definitely different going to a major. Um, the course was in fantastic shape. Uh, it's very, it very fun to go to a course that has actual topography Uh, A lot of the tee boxes are elevated. Pretty much all of the greens are elevated as well. Um, I'd say about, you know, 14 out of the 18 greens were elevated from the fairway. So it was definitely a tough course. Uh, The weather was absolutely terrible on Saturday. Uh, uh, The group I was with, we were pretty miserable. It was about mid-50s and raining, and the wind was blowing about 25 miles an hour out of the north. So it pretty much made me feel like I was back in Lubbock in kind of later fall, right before uh, winter hits. So it kind of made me feel like I was back in Lubbock for a little bit, which was nice. But um, it was it was a great time. Um, you know, Mito couldn't pull it out. There's some just... Uh, I really thought it was appropriate what was posted on the Viva account. It was a very Texas Tech way to lose that lead. Um and we were saying it, uh, my girlfriend and I, who were both tech alums, were also saying it while we were there, we we're like, that is such a tech way to lose a golf tournament. I and mean, it was funny because uh it was posted later on the Viva account. So we were pretty we were pretty uh it's kind of rough watching it happen in person. Um I do want to give shout-outs. I did see quite a few people, actually. I would say probably at least in the 20s or possibly 30s of people with tech gear on, uh, double Ts, and uh, some of the sideline provisions gear and stuff that's that's there. Uh, you know, it was great. I it, I talked to a few got people that were there um, that had tech stuff on, you know, told them that, uh, you know, I was a tech alum and stuff. And uh, it really... I've had this conversation with a few people since I got back, and people that knew I were there were texting me while I was there and saying, "Man, are you hearing the Raider power chants when they're teeing off?" I said, "Absolutely, I'm hearing the Raider power chants everywhere, and joining in with them." Also, um, you know, I, I I heard I one of my friends was texting me back and forth. He said, "You know, I don't ever recall hearing a you know a Texas fight or a Hookem." A Hookem Horns when Jordan Speed tees off anywhere, even when he's playing at the Dell Match Play in Austin. So it just really shows the dedication and how great this fan base is, and how far it reaches. And uh, I do want to give props to everyone there, and for those that I talked to while I was there, uh, you know, it was great talking to every all the Red Raiders there, uh, and I had a great time. Again, it was kind of rough not seeing Mito bring it home, but you know, he represented Tech very well. Um, and pretty much all I saw after the uh, round, after his round finished before the playoff, was just how much class he had. Because uh, when you're a professional golfer, you can you can choose not to talk to the media. Uh, it's very well. Known. I mean, it's what Tiger did after Saturday, after that round where he was. I think he was ten over or whatever. He chose not to talk to the media, and you have that option as a as a golfer. You don't have to talk. You don't have to address the media at all. And um, Mito did it anyway, Uh, was very classy and gracious in defeat. And, um, you know, that's just the type of people that come from our university. Uh, That's the type of people that give Texas Tech a good name. And those are the people that we like to highlight on this podcast. And, um, you know, with Tech competing in nationals this week, uh, in Scottsdale. Uh, this this golf team, I, I think everyone, and not saying that other podcasts, and us included, weren't locked into it before, but I think with Mito making this run at the PGA, I think it's kind of put our entire fan base on notice just of how good our golf program is. How how elite and, you know, a number eight national seed in anything is nothing to scoff at. So I think it just shows just how good our golf program is and, and has gotten since uh, Coach Sands has been there. And so I think it's a real good thing for this university, and it just highlights just another bright spot in this athletic program.
1: Yeah, you know, funny enough, you talk about that tweet. Uh, people didn't like it. And you know what the damnedest thing about that was? I didn't make that joke first. I stole it from somebody else. Um, I don't remember who I got it from. It was just on the Twitter feed, and I thought it was funny, and I rephrased it a bit. Like, that That was the well, thought yeah, I it's had. So
0: tr- it's so true. Uh,
1: that was the, the, I tweeted this one. Uh, I, I like to think I have a pretty good feel for what will upset tech fans. I didn't think that was going to upset people. Um, that that. Let me put it this way. I have problems with that road Raider account for any number of reasons. Number one being, I don't like sites that don't produce anything of their own. And two, I don't like a site that tried to capitalize on like the homegrown movement that was tech fans going to games and turn it into this like weird self promoting thing. Um, so that, that, that was account that tried to, to try to step on us a bit to get some boost. And it worked. Um, but, you know, not to complain too much about the goings-on of the, of the Twitter world, but I thought that was bizarre because I saw that joke made like four times before I posted it. Um, I'm not that funny originally, guys. Like, if, if you think something's funny, odds are I saw at least a version of it somewhere else. But anyways, no, it was a very tech finish. You know, that that's just what happened. If, if you didn't read that tweet and think the same thing, I, I don't think you've been a fan long enough. Uh, it was a tech, it was a tech finish. It was terrible to see. Um, I felt really bad for him. That's a tough scene. He took it like he took it on the chin. You know, I, I was proud of how he responded to that. And, um, he's still walking away a richer man. And hopefully this will help him, you know, really launch the next stage of his PGA career. He's still so young. I mean, he's only been on the tour for a short time. Um, he, I think this is his highest finished in a mate in a major tournament. Uh, I think he's up to like 50th in the world now. I mean, this is going to put him on some radars, get him some sponsorships, help him grow his game. He's not the only golfer to collapse late. And to be honest with everybody who was watching this, we all thought the same thing. It was a miracle he held on that round, during, long during that last round. He he fought every inch to 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 get to that point and just didn't quite have enough left in the tank. Nothing wrong with that. You know, I I think I probably would have been crying and vomiting at that point if I had a one-shot lead on the 18th when like $2.7 million. Are you kidding me? Like you're telling me you really could handle that pressure. So he did a fantastic job making it that far. He did, he did red Raider nation proud. And yeah, it was really cool to see tech, um, kind of embrace that. And I saw something actually this weekend that along this vein, I think is interesting. And, you know, worth mentioning. I saw a tweet. You, you guys, by now have all seen that there's that new movie. I believe it's called like revenge or whatever the hell it's. It's the, the, for those who don't know, the, the guy who, played Ryan from The Office, BJ Novak is going to be... I think he's directing it and starring in it, but it's a movie about, effectively, West Texas. Um, and there's a scene with the Texas Tech thing, and then he, he treated Re- Reckham Tech. Anyways, I saw something in response to this, which was basically like, man, it, it, it's kind of funny to see you know how starved tech is for national media attention, that like one mention in this movie sets all this off. I, I think it demonstrates... That kind of sentiment demonstrates how much... You know, tech embraces its own, I guess, image self. I I, I don't really want to frame it. You know, we very much have the backs of our own, and it's it's kind of an us against the world mentality. Which brings me to one point. I I have not watched all of, have watched some of the brand, which is going to be, I believe, it's being streamed on ESPN Plus. I think if you have ESPN Plus, you can watch it whenever. Um, if not, if you don't know where to find it, the Tech football account tweeted a link to watch it. I've only caught a little bit of it. We were recording our podcast. Um, that, from what I saw, that kind of mentality is kind of how Joey McGuire coaches football. So that that was the segue into that. Uh, if you haven't had a chance, check it. Uh, out. I I believe
0: I believe it's uh, on the Texas Tech athletics uh, YouTube account as well.
1: Yes, I think so. I I think this is all of spring football. I think there's going to be three or four episodes of this. I don't remember the this layout for this. It, it's a cool thing that the ESPN started to do for some of these programs. I think Baylor had one, Notre Dame. It's really neat. that It's a hard-knock style look into these programs, a little less – you know, on the nose, obviously, these are college kids. You don't have the same access as they're being given for these NFL programs. But it is kind of neat, especially for a first-year head coach like Joey McGuire, who is re completely rebuilding, you know, the program around himself to kind of see how he's doing that. I think, from what I've seen, everybody will like what they what they hear. And it'll give you maybe a look into some of your players, get to know these guys. A lot of new faces this year. Tech's only returning. s had it a like, SP Plus had it at, like, 61%. I think was the returning, so there's a lot of new productions. Good chance to get to know those guys. But now we're going to pivot to a sport that's in session. That would be baseball. And I'll go to Jack with this first one. As we're all now painfully aware, Texas Tech was not able to claim the Big 12 title. Falling 1-2 against OU, sadly, maybe a little embarrassingly, going 1-3 against the Sooners on the season. OU was red hot. Tech looked like they were playing tight. But, Jack, your two aces got touched up pretty bad i mean it was not a pretty performance from either morris or birdsell hampton surprisingly enough was on fire once again he seems to have locked on the sunday starting spot but when you look at that series as a whole what do you take away as we head into the big 12 tournament i think a lot of it was uh tech pretty much gave everything
0: they had in that oklahoma state series and uh i just kind of think that it we came out just a little short. Uh, you and I both have talked about this at length. That Morrison Bertel really hadn't been touched up all year for the most part, especially in conference play at all. Uh, I, I I mean, other than the TCU series, and that was mostly because they didn't get any run support. Uh, so I think that. If you're going to get touched up as a pitcher, I would rather it be in the last conference series than in the postseason. I'm I'm glad that – I feel like that kind of uh, got the jitters out and reset them and got them refocused on what's to come. Uh, Today – or it might have been yesterday – D1 baseball – uh, released the their projection of 64. We have dropped out of the hosting. But the regional that they have us in is very, very favorable. Uh, I know it's the College Park Regional, which would be Maryland, uh, is the number one seed who plays in the Big Ten. And um, no disrespect to the Big Ten, but I'm just going to say it like this. The Big Ten pretty, pretty weak in baseball. Uh, Maryland is having a hell of a year. Uh, nothing to take away from what they're doing up there for baseball, but uh, the Big Ten overall, as a Big Twelve or as a uh, baseball conference, is very weak. Uh, so I like that matchup. Us as a two seed. I think Liberty was the three seed, and I can't even remember who the four seed was in the projection uh like fairfield or something like that but i like the matchup and uh, if that's if that's what happens then i'm perfectly fine with that uh, i really don't think maryland has really seen any competition all year i think the other like i can't they had the numbers broken down and i can't remember it off the top of my head so excuse me if this is wrong but i think the big 10 has like 3 teams or four teams maybe making it to the to the uh tournament i know iowa is on the uh is on the bubble and i'll take advantage of kendall not being here to say this but Iowa's was a trash baseball team and uh even though we lost one in uh iowa city or wherever they are um I think that the big I like I'm I just can't say it enough. The Big Ten is really not that good in baseball, so I think their record is a little flawed and their resume is a little flawed because it's no Big Twelve or SEC when it comes to the baseball. So take it as you will. I think that I'm really interested to see how this team go uh, progresses in Arlington. Uh, I've I've gone back and forth in my head a couple times, telling myself that I'm gonna go to it. It's and if you know, I I like I said I live in Dallas, so it's about 20 minutes away from where I live to get to Globe Life, and tickets are pretty cheap. Tickets are like 30 bucks per day, so I'm considering I'm considering going either tomorrow or Thursday. Uh, it just depends on my mood, I guess, but. Tech drew uh, Kansas State in the first round. I, I don't really know what to think of Kansas State. I mean, we swept them at home. It's kind of a toss-up. I still... I don't know about you, Mike, how you feel about it, but I'm still very iffy on this team when they're
1: not in Lubbock. How do you feel about it? I mean, I... You go to Oklahoma State and you... Frankly, outplayed the Cowboys like start to finish. I mean, there, there were some sketchy moments late with pitching, but you were the better team in that and that matchup. All three games, um, Oklahoma State did not play well. That's also fair to say, but Tech looked better. Tech looked absolutely terrible the following weekend in Oklahoma and against Oklahoma. I mean, like those first two games, they just didn't look like they were ready to play baseball. They looked very tight, very. You know, they did. They just didn't play like a team that could handle pressure. And that's part of being a young team in some spots. And that's just also part of being a team that may or may not have it. You know, um, this is my thing. is I, I think what you're speaking to speaks to this general thing about this team. I don't think they have it. There have been a lot of tech teams that haven't been that good that have made super regionals. Um, last year's teams in particular was deeply flawed in the pitching department. And in the hitting department was was equally inconsistent, but they had guys who could they could give you enough in key situations that you felt like they kind of had it. Um, That's why it was such a shocker that Stanford just blanked them in that regional because you kind of felt like that they were hope since they got it in Lubbock they were going to win this game. Um, This team doesn't seem to have it, so I think anytime they leave Lubbock, it is a basically dealer's choice if it's an unmitigated disaster or not. You know, it's, 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 it's yeah, impossible to a, flip a coin. Yeah. It's a, it is impossible to yeah, predict what's going to happen. I just don't think this is a championship caliber team. I would love to be wrong by the way, right? Like nobody thought A&M was going to win the sec West after they lost the pit series. And despite all of Tech's struggles, they were a game away from winning the big 12, which is the RPI number three conference, but you've lost a bunch of road games your only good road series being Oklahoma State, which was impressive, admittedly, but you've also dropped road games to Abilene Christian, which is in your backyard, to GCU. You dropped road games, all the games you played in Globe Life but one and the Michigan game was kind of a fluky win there. Um, I don't like this team out of Lubbock. I think that winning the Big 12 tournament's is a necessity just because you cannot host any other way. That's probably still also not enough, by the way. Your RPI is finished. I don't think you can get it high enough, even if you won the whole thing to be a reasonable host. But your only chance to get one is there. Um, if you get a regional, though, I, lo- I saw the D one projection. I think that's the most favorable you can get. I don't particularly buy that Maryland's that great compared to the other top seeds that you could end up against. And you 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 have a, a weaky, pretty weak bottom half with Liberty and um, I think it was Fairfield. Neither of those teams, you know, anybody who makes the postseason is not going to be awful, but. It, it, it's not anything to, to like win sat. When you see if tech is sent to the Tennessee regional, which D one proj- has projected this year at a time, the tech would be sent out there. I don't really know how that math works out, but if it happened, you would not clear the regional. You're not going to beat Tennessee. Um, you're not going to be, you're not going to win three in a row. You're just not going to against Tennessee and you're not going to leave that regional. So if of the, of the two spectrums, it's obviously better to n- not be a host and get sent to college park than it is to get sent to Knoxville. Um, you know, that that's just reality or excuse me, Nashville um, or wherever the hell, where does, does where Tennessee actually located? Is it Knoxville? Knox it's oh. Knoxville. You're right. You're right. Okay. I always uh, Vander Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt is
0: in Nashville.
1: That's what I'm thinking of. Um, yeah. So I, you, you, that, the, there's a spectrum of teams, you know, it's like any sport. It's like the basketball regions too. There are there are certain regions that were just better. You know, if you had if you had the misfortune of having, you know, a better number one seed, you're gonna have a shorter run. But the, 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 I'm not saying Maryland's bad. It's just on the scale of the the, the top 16 national seeds you can end up in. Uh, that that's definitely one of the more favorable ones, in particular because you never really know what the, the what the Big Ten's bringing for baseball. Maryland also, by the way, has historically been a bad program. Um, They don't have great facilities. It's not a a baseball school. So this is one hell of a season for them. And I I think Jack mentions you don't want to take away from that. But if if you're going to go anywhere on the road, that would be a very nice matchup for Tech. Um, But I think your best bet is to win the Big 12 tournament. Distance yourself as far as possible from the top eight seeds. Um, Hope you don't end up with one of them. Hope you get a lower tier one seed and just see what happens. I I don't think this team has it. I would love to be wrong. But I will say one thing out of this weekend that's been proven if Chase Hampton's gonna pitch like this and Morris and saw, I'm hoping, return to form, Tech will have good starting pitching. You don't have much behind that, but you do have good starting pitching. We are gonna get to see, though, some extra pitching this week with Molina taking the mound against the Wildcats because of the short turnaround. Jack. We've advocated off and on for Molina to start. He's had some shakier outings. What are you expecting from the freshman?
0: I think Mason has had kind of an interesting year. It's kind of been up and down at times. You know, uh, at the beginning, he was the Sunday starter. Uh, we let off with Morris on Friday, Burzell on Saturday, and those two have remained constant. But it wasn't that Mason had pitched bad on in that Sunday slot, at least for the first part of the season. It was just that he wasn't getting any run support behind him. And uh, when he was getting run support, you know, in the I think he had one or two games where he got some run support. He got touched up a little bit. But I like him in the starting role. I thought he was pretty much your most reliable Reliever coming out of the pen, I I think you could kind of make that assumption. He's got some nasty stuff as a lefty. I, I do. I've always been a proponent of at least having one lefty in your weekend rotation. Uh, right now, Tech has all three righties and Morris, Birdsell, and Hampton. But having a lefty start out um, was was really – is really like a good – it's like a change of pace almost. Uh, and right now I'm going to go back. I kind of want to see if – I don't know if, if you know off the top of your head if Molina pitched against Kansas State at all in that series because that was a sweep in Lubbock. And I can't remember off the top of my head if he pitched at all. I know Birdsell Birdsell went deep in his – or Birdsell went six, and then Colin Clark went three. Yeah, Molina pitched on Sunday, uh, went two innings, gave up a run on three – or gave up two runs on three hits, walked two, struck out three uh, against – Kansas State, and that would have been the, I guess this is the Sunday game. So, uh, you know, he pitched for two innings, kind of got touched up a bit in two innings, threw 33 pitches, faced 11 batters. Um, you know, you can't really take a whole lot off of that off of those performances. But I think that Mason has definitely earned this start. I do like the decision from the aspect of, you kind of want to keep your guys on a weekend. The guys that are used to pitching on the weekend, you want to keep them pitching on the weekend, just so they don't get, uh, you know, their rotations and stuff out of whack their routines out of whack, I should say. And I like it because I think the, our next, our next game, even if we lose, if we go, zero and two and go out, our next game would be on Friday of the following week. So, I mean, then you can start whoever you want to, um, it also gives you an option of if we do if we do lose to Kansas State uh, in this game in this opening game, then you have your two best pitchers to come back and try and get you farther along into the in the losers bracket, you know, finals or so to speak. You know, you you move yourself along in that losers bracket uh, with your two top pitchers and pitching deep into games. That only helps, so I like I like the decision. I think he's definitely earned it, and from the you know from the tactical point of view, I I, I like it as well.
1: Yeah, I, I I think I think one thing about pitching Molina that. Tadlock has to be going for a bit is we, we, we now, you know, during the year you have your midweek guys and your weekend guys. Now there's no distinction. Everybody's going to pitch as to the best of their ability. You're not holding anybody back for later starts. I think you know that you're missing a long reliever, um, especially if Hampton's moving back to the starting spot. That means you, he, he kind of seemed to enjoy that role a bit and that seemed to have gotten his confidence back. Molina's been the guy who's shown the potential to be a long reliever, and I think pitching him this weekend, or this week, excuse me, first, gives him a chance to really get some confidence under his belt against a weaker Big 12 opponent, an opponent he's familiar with, Um, in a situation that, while we would love for Tech to win it all and maybe try to shoot for a host, this isn't a pressure pack situation. Tech has made comfortably the postseason. They will be going to a regional somewhere. So it, it's a good chance for him to get his chops going, give him some innings, see how long he can run. I think like a lot of Molina's runs this year have been capped, um, even when he's pitching well, just because they haven't want to put too much on a young arm. But you know this is probably one where you let him go six, seven innings, see what he can give you. Because the, the other thing about this is you just don't have a lot of arms. Um, so Molina going this deep will be something for just the tournament's sake that allow your starters to really feel comfortable if they're not, you know, worried about who's behind them or, you know, any number of things, if they don't feel pressure to go nine innings because they know that Molina went deep. So they have some arms behind them. It's, it's going to help, but it, it, it's good for any number of reasons. And the biggest simplest answer to the question of why Molina, if anybody out there is really questioning this, why aren't we throwing, you know, more Cell first? Is this is, it's a quick turnaround, right? Like this is a, this is going to be a Wednesday start. Um, So the the, the furthest distance would be to throw Morris first and he'd still be on short rest. And with college kids, it's just not that common to do that in in most situations. It's not that common to do it in the MLB either. In college in particular, you almost never see guys throwing a short rest um, unless they've been like, I think it was Cops last year for Arkansas who they would throw like one or two innings a game, Um, but they never gave much run time to do that. Um, But That, that that one game that they gave
0: Cops run uh, they threw him out in the. I think it was because they, they lost in their their super regional or their regional one of the two to North Carolina State, and they threw him in the in the winner take all game. And if I'm not mistaken, they threw him for like a hundred and thirty something pitches after he had thrown for three straight days. I think they 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 made a comment that he had thrown close to like. 200 pitches over the span of three days it was something absurd like that that it was cool to watch but at the same time as a fan you're you're sitting there just thinking this kid's arm is absolutely fucked after that like that's not normal to throw 200 pitches in such a short span of time
1: yeah no it that that was bonkers and i You know, if you want to talk about criminal arm management, that's one of those where Arkansas had a guy that they knew could get out and they were not thinking about his next steps. I mean, they threw that kid in the ground. Um, I haven't kept up. I don't keep up with the MLB, but, you know, like if you're talking about a guy who had his career shortened because of what happened in college, that's maybe one of them. Uh, Pretty wild. But it's not common. So you're you're likely not going to see Morris until, you know, he can get six days of rest at least. I think six days is almost as good as seven um, five days, you're pushing it a bit. They just, it's just not, I mean, it's sometimes the simplest answer is the easiest. It makes all kinds of sense for any number of reasons. Of, of all the questions I've had about pitching management this year, this one, this decision is the easiest to stomach, um, because you're, you're just looking at a, a situation which for any number of reasons, Molina should pitch game one. Though I really want Tech to win game one, right? Like your best chance to win this tournament is to run the distance and not lose because if you drop a game, it's going to be pretty tough to battle your way back with the arms that you've got. But at the end of the day, I don't even necessarily care if you win or lose this. I don't think a regional host is in range. So just pitch Molina, get his confidence up, let him run. I'm curious to see what he does as a starter. Uh, We're going to move now briefly to talk about... The next step before we close out today, which will be the regional for the sake of assumption, because I think the safest assumption right now is that tech will not host for the sake of assumption, say tech goes, I, I don't care what we can. We've talked a little bit about the college part regional, but anywhere in general, how far can this team go? this year is is, is that does this team have enough to get to Omaha does it have enough to be a competitor in Omaha you know what's what's the your ideal ceiling after seeing the full regular season I mean the team is what it is at this point I think that
0: it's really it really is dependent on who's in the regional with you i I really if tech is in that college park regional i like their chances to get to a super regional uh and then when you get to a super regional if depending on who comes out because once you get to the postseason in college baseball it's pretty similar to college basketball in the sense that it's the wild west you know anything goes and there are tons of upsets that happen all the time so i think that uh i think that it's very possible to get out if, if you let's just assume that tech is in the college park regional in Maryland with Maryland is the one seed Liberty is the three seed Fairfield is a four seed and tech is the two uh, you know, I, I really, I can't say I don't like it. I do like our chances to get out of that regional um, you know, at that point you're matched up probably against the, I guess that'd be the Virginia regional. Um, if this, if this is, uh, if we're going off the latest D1 baseball projections, uh, it'd be this, it'd be the 11 national seed, uh, regional. And that would be Virginia, Oklahoma, old dominion and Columbia. And obviously the one, the name that jumps out to everyone right now is Oklahoma. Uh, you know, Oh, you just took two of three from us at home in Lubbock, uh, I think, I'm pretty sure off the top of my head, they're the only team to do that this year. And I think that if you match up either in a regional against Virginia or Oklahoma, you're going to have to have good performances from the front end of your rotation. Uh, I almost would prefer a matchup against Oklahoma because you've seen them and you know what they have going. Uh, with the overall tech would probably host that if, or if, if that's the matchup, if it comes down to it, tech would probably host uh, that one in Lubbock. And then you, so you get a rematch in Lubbock against Oklahoma and I'd be pretty cool with that. Uh, when was it a couple of years ago that tech played against Oklahoma state in a super regional in Lubbock to go to Omaha and, you know, uh, tech took two or three from that, obviously, and made it to Omaha. I will say that off the top of my head, and just in terms of do I like this team making it to Omaha, this team reminds me a lot of Tadlock's first year that he made it to Omaha. Uh, I, I want to say it's 2014 or 2016, one of the two. I can't remember off the top of my head. But um, it reminds me of the team that had to go to my the Miami Regional. They had to go to Coral Gables and, uh, you know, won that regional, came back, won their Super Regional, made it to Omaha for the first time ever. And this team kind of reminds me of that team in a sense. I mean, you have you have a couple of elite players. But you also have a lot of young guys that are kind of locked in for the future. Uh, You have the Big 12 Freshman of the Year in Hudson White you have probably the second place big 12 freshman of the year in Owen Washburn here for the long term uh, to speak to other freshmen the guy who's starting your opening game in the conference tournament tomorrow uh, Molina he's a true freshman so you have a lot of y- a lot of youth on this roster but at the same time it's kind of a nod to the infield, that has a lot of experience. You know, Parker Kelly's a fifth-year senior. Kurt Wilson's a fifth-year senior. Uh, you know, Jace Young is uh, is not, but he acts like it. Cole Stillwell, you know, he's in his at least his fourth year at Tech. So it's it's a good blend. But like I said, you've mentioned you've mentioned having it as a team and before two weekends ago, I was convinced that this team didn't have it. It was kind of one of those things like, you know, the what's the status quo for tech? You know, we have, we have the pitching, but we have some injuries in the bullpen and we have one or two injuries in the field that just really screw us and can't. And so we can't make a deep run. And then I watched that team in Stillwater take three games, and that was the best I've seen a Tech team play in a long time. And it gave, and it gives you hope, but then obviously you come home and you lose two of three to Oklahoma, who's red hot. And I think that it really depends on who's in the regional and what team you see, because this team – as you and I especially have talked about it all year, it's the bullpen has been Jekyll and Hyde. This team has really been Jekyll and Hyde. You know, are you getting the team that played midweeks at Grand Canyon and lost two in Phoenix to Grand Canyon and lost one at home to Abilene Christian and lost one in Albuquerque to New Mexico when New Mexico scored like five runs in the bottom of the ninth to walk us off? Or are you getting the team that, you know, put up a fight in Arlington at the beginning of the year? Granted, they went one and two, but they're fairly close in at least one or two of those games. And the team that went on the road to Stillwater and beat number three, three straight games. You know, you just don't know. And success in college baseball hinges a lot on consistency. And I think that this team can be consistent, but it also can't be at times. So it really depends on, to answer your question, it depends on who's in your regional and what team you're seeing. I know that's the easy answer, but it's the truth.
1: When I, when I think about the regional, I think about just the sense of you have to win three games. I feel better about that proposition now that Hampton's pitching so well. But to win three games at the regional level, I think you're good enough. And In fact, I feel pretty confident saying this, that you'll win game one. Um, you'll play some three seed who's overmatched, and you should win game one. I feel pretty good about Birdsell going up against almost anybody. Um, he's been very hard to touch up. It's only happened one or two times this year that anybody's gotten to him. So unless you're playing, again, Tennessee or somebody of equal caliber in the top, one, two, three, four, um, you should feel pretty good about game two. And Hampton helps you in game three. But the problem is, is that those guys aren't necessarily all going to be able to go seven innings. Um uh, you know, if, the, if one of those guys is a little bit of a, of a more difficult outing, you know, say Morris gives up two or three runs and he can only go five or six innings. Say Birdsell gives up two or three runs and he can only go five or six innings. Hampton has not, I think, g- given you run past the sixth inning. Um, so that made, I think that's kind of just his ceiling. I, I, that's what his arms got in it. And that's fine. Six innings, great. But the problem is, is, do you have enough relief pitching to feel good about what's behind those guys? And the answer is no, um, you don't. You don't, feel, you don't feel good about that at all. So you need run support, because you're going to need, ideally, to score, and this is not great, but you're probably going to need six or seven runs minimum to feel good about any game you're in. You know, To really feel good, you probably need nine to 11, which is not great for a baseball team, especially when Tech has not necessarily been fantastic offensively outside of Lubbock. In fact, they've been downright putrid besides the Oklahoma State series, where they hit all those grand slams, but they have not been good offensively outside of Lubbock. Um but I think I think you can get through the regional as long as your starters are as good as they have been all year. If Morris and Hampton and Birdsell are good and Birdsell are excuse me, Hampton's locked down that last spot. I think I feel the super regional is doable. And then the super regional, depending who you're up against, you got two games, you got two starters you're going to throw everything you can to win both those games. So I'm guessing Hampton pitches in a relief role in those games just to make sure you, because if you lose one of those, I think you're screwed. I don't feel good about in A super regional having a clutch game three, considering we had a clutch series and the team just fell apart. So I don't feel great about that. But if you can get to the super, it's, it's, it's a coin flip. If you win it, um, no matter who you're up against, just because you've got two really, really good baseball arms, good baseball players at the pitching mound. You've got good hitting. It's, it's, It's the third game where things get dicier because by day three, as good as Hampton's been, the relief pitching is exhausted by then. So I want to say the ceiling for this team is just getting to Omaha. I think when you're in Omaha, you'll be two and done. Uh, I think as good as Andrew and Birdsell are, um, the problem in Omaha is just you will not score many runs. And these guys, as great as they've been, are not perfect game pitchers. They're going to give up two or three. In their best outings, they're going to give up two or three and tech has had games in omaha where they have not scored two or three so i just don't feel good about you out there i feel i th- i i don't want to say I, like i act like i'm rooting against tech right like i'm i would be so much happier to be wrong about these projections to these these estimations i would love to see tech just go on a tear we no, i didn't think they competed at all against oklahoma state and they came out and they really dominated that series so i'm happy that that to 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 be wrong here and i want to see Jay Young hit his stride again, I want Birdsell and Morris to be not locked down. I want Hampton to give you six or seven a stable. I want Molina to be your long long reliever of choice. I want Divine to help out. But when it, what we've seen throughout the year is a team that can't get out of its own way. So I think Omaha is the ceiling. I think you can get there if if the cards align in the regional and you get a really great showing in the Super. But it's going to be tough. This is not you know this is not some of the really good tech teams under Tadlock in the past. I thought it was bizarre. Tech had a chance to win the Big Twelve this year. I, I couldn't believe that that was a reality, and it does speak to his both Catalyst coaching and, and some of the grit of this team. But when the big moment was here against Oklahoma, they choked it. I'm hoping that maybe they've learned from that, and that when the moment gets big next, they won't have the same thing happen. And you know that that's all, I, that's all we I can hope. I think that yeah, you know we we had talked
0: about. Um, I can't remember. A couple episodes ago, we had talked about this team and how they're very reliant on the long ball, and how you know TD Ameritrade and Omaha does not suit our team. Uh, you know, we we're very reliant on heavy offense and supporting our pitching with our heavy offense, and if there is a a more hitters par or uh, sorry pitchers ballpark. In college baseball, I'd like to see it than TD Ameritrade, and and it's and it's shown just in our Omaha appearances. You know, uh, you got zero and two, zero and two, one and two. Uh, I just I don't like our chances. Not even if we had solid pitching all year. Uh, the name of our game is scoring runs, and. That ballpark is very; um, it's very difficult to score runs unless you're just hitting all the gaps at the right time and pulling homers down each respective foul line.
1: Not only is TDA Ameritrade not an offensive ballpark, but TDA Ameritrade is just a big environment. Um, you know the the, the, the I've been to Omaha. I've not gotten to watch a game, but I've seen that stadium up close. It has a lot of the feel of a big league stadium, which you know Tech has been exposed to as of a lot of these teams playing in these neutral sites at you know Globe Life and all over. But it's different when your season is on the line um, to go into an environment like that. The games are usually not always necessarily jammed packed, but if you hit the wrong team, it can be pretty pretty damn loud. Um, depending who you're playing, depending on the time of day, depending on the matchup, any number of factors, it can get pretty loud. And the other thing about that is it's just, you're playing in a big ballpark. You're playing in a ballpark where the long ball is not really there. You're playing in a ballpark that demands perfection from, in all phases to win a TD Ameritrade. You have to be the best team in that tournament, because if you, if you screw around, you commit errors, you give people second chances. That's how runs get home in TD Ameritrade because, uh, it takes a lot to really light up pitchers there. But not uh, on top of everything that goes into that, there is an added sense of thrill for a lot of these guys. of, For the seniors, it's the last gasp. For the, for the freshmen, it's the excitement of being there for the first time. For guys going pro, it's trying to leave a legacy in healthy drafts. Like, there's a lot that feeds that stadium and makes it the environment it is, and none of it appeals to a team that Tech's got this year. But you know, to close out, the last thought is just uh, with all of that being said, you were one game away from winning the big 12 of all the midweek losses. You were probably that one game away from hosting. Um, and you may theoretically could still get it with a, with a clean, a Queens, uh clean sleep in uh, Arlington. Texas has historically not been great in Arlington. So that would be as positive a sign as anything is if you were good there. So, you know, despite all the negativity of this season, there's been a lot of adversity. This team's battled through you're right there. And, and that that's, 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 um, that's right where you want to be. Um, I, I did forget briefly. We do have some big 12 awards. Besides the fact that the Texas Tech Raiders are all over the board and the, the first team, um, we do have two noted awards. Freshman of the year, Hudson White, well-deserved. Some of his plays behind the dish, by the way, in that Oklahoma State series were the reason you won that game. Um, in fact, I don't think that's a shocker to anybody. It was the reason. He's, that. The, there were a couple that got away from Divine that were – Absolutely pass balls if it was not the extremely uh, heads-up play and movement by White behind the dish. He's also been fantastic hitting the ball. And Birdsells, Pitcher of the Year, which it comes as no surprise. He was the most dominant pitcher in the league week in and week out. Um, Jack, were you, any, any surprises from, from the awards that caught your eye?
0: I don't want to say it in a poor way. But I was almost surprised that Hudson White took home Big 12 player of the year. Or I'm sorry, Big 12 freshman of the year. I do agree with you that, in all honesty, he is the reason that we swept that Oklahoma State series. Um, But I would like to focus on someone else who hit a grand slam that weekend who is also a freshman who I'm. I would just assume finish second place in freshman of the year. And that's Owen Washburn. Uh, He's had a hell of a year. He ended up being a honorable mention for big 12. I think the big 12 kind of screwed up in a couple of places. The only two unanimous first team guys across the conference were uh, Melendez from Texas, which is a given he's, gonna go in the first round after the season that he's having and Pete Hansen which is their lefty starter um, which I don't buy at all he we beat him in Lubbock he lost in Manhattan at Kansas State and he lost at home to Oklahoma State too so he had three losses in conference play and he was a unanimous choice on the first team and Birdsell was not which I don't I don't agree with at all Uh, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, it's the big 12 favoring Texas, which there's nothing new there. Uh, Kurt Wilson was second team infield. Uh, I believe Easton Morrell was second team outfield as well. Morris was second team starting pitching. Uh, other honorable mentions for tech were Derek Bridges, Ty Coleman, Parker Kelly. And as I mentioned, uh, Washburn, uh, This team has been all over the awards. Uh, Molina, I I should also mention, Molina also got a Big 12 all-freshman team nod as a pitcher from Tech. So, uh, White and Washburn were unanimous decisions on the freshman team as well. I think that... It was a little. I li- I liked the, I liked the guys that got on. Uh, Stillwell was also on the second team, which he deserved. I was almost a little surprised that Kurt Wilson was on the second team, and and I, I think he was probably on the border of first team, just because of all the clutch plays and stuff. But with with jace and uh, birdsell being first team i'd like to also know who didn't vote for jace young to be unit or to be on the first team of big 12 because i got the stats pulled up jace this year although not as good as last year uh, finished with a 350 average his ops is 1152 70 hits, 18 doubles, 14 homers, 56 RBIs. Uh, and the reason why I say that Kurt Wilson possibly could have been in the first team is because uh, Kurt Wilson finished at 329 average with a .1028 OPS, which is uh, on base plus slugging, for those that don't know. Um, had 14 doubles, 13 home runs, and 61 RBIs. Um, uh, so he's right. His, his, his stat line is very similar to Jace's this season. And so, uh, I do, uh, I do want to give a shout out to all the seniors also, uh, that are leaving this year. Uh, if I, I'm, I know that Kurt was on there, uh, Parker Kelly, uh, Easton Morell, and, I, I believe, uh, or I know Cody masters was there also. Cody masters has been, uh, Cody masters has been the epitome of a red Raider. Also. I know we've been talking about that a lot on this episode, but, uh, Cody masters really embodies what a a true red Raider is. Um, came back this year expecting to have a big year, you know, got, uh, had his illness and, um, you know, almost didn't make it out of a hospital. And then, you know, a month later he was subbed into games, which is just, uh, that's some kind of story. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking about it. I might, uh, I might hit an article about that story postseason just to, just to give him the thanks and congrats that he deserves because, uh, if anyone deserves that type of, congratulations it's uh cody for sure
1: absolutely it's a fantastic story and you know it, it, it's just unfortunate for a young man like that uh to, to to try to have to battle through that at all but he did battle through quite a bit of adversity he, and honest to god every moment he's been out there he's had a pretty good moment so you know i, I don't know what is next for cody but I, I i think you can expect big thing things from him he really uh I I think he said it best. He just really embodied what tech is all about. He, he, he battled through something awful. I think a lot of people probably would have written him out, you know, this year. And he, when he's had his moment, um, he's, he's made the most of it. And it's just incredible. He's out there at all. I mean, like I, I I do not need to undersell the fact that they thought he was going to potentially die. I mean, that, that, that was a, that was a really scary situation for him and his family um, to, to go through. He was very, very sick. And, you know, to, to to just get through the, the, the moment and not you know not to say that college sports is was something he was thinking about but to get back on the on the diamond at all is, is a testament to him and everything he went through. Um, you know, so I, I I I hope we all and this is something I'm just gonna say generally to the speakers, this is a really great senior class, I'm um, including the guys who will be graduating early. Um these guys um you know that this this was not a particularly easy stretch for tech baseball. You know, you had COVID the the 2021 season ends was a was a battle. Just for some reason, it felt like a slog, and this year's kind of felt like a slog. These guys have really worked hard to maintain the high standards we've come to expect from Tech baseball. So, big congratulations and thank you to the guys who are graduating and moving on this following year. Their story's not yet done. We still have more to play for, and we will see how that closes out. They first game. I don't know exactly who has first, but Tech will play Kansas State at approximately 4 p.m um i unlike a lot of tournaments i don't think there's going to be any weather issues uh because of the, the 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 you know the dome being shut so that's great there won't be any delays but you will get some midday baseball oh, for yourself
0: first first game is actually a good one it's texas and oklahoma state is at that nine. will be a pretty good match and Speaking
1: at- real quick with texas can you imagine you know you're the number one <laughs> nope nope i can imagine and could see me. Could just it. I. I. I we, we. talk a lot about making fun of Texas for falling on the rankings. On the show, we talked about how good Texas was supposed to be and how good they looked to finish fifth in the Big Twelve. I mean, th- out of that's, nine, out of nine, that that's an accomplishment almost. Like that. That. That's that's a special level of failure to go from. I honest to God, I mean that the, they looked and were presumed to be one of the more dominant baseball teams of the last few years. And that unraveled, I think what, like who'd they lose to is like Charlottesville or whoever. And then it was like a gun went off and everybody started to beat the crap out of them. It's like that one big loss just broke their spirit. So, you know, the, it, it remains true in Austin that the, the, they, they play some mentally weak insert name of sport here when things don't go their way, those kids fall apart. So, you know, that we, we can all enjoy the misery of the Longhorns in another sport. In fact, this is their best sport where they failed miserably to reach expectation. But the postseason looms ahead. We will see how the Red Raiders do. Thank you all for listening tonight. Ruckham, and as always, you will catch us after the baseball tournament to preview wherever tech ends up in the regional. Have a good one.